Women in White Coats is here to uplift women doctors just like you. Empowering you in your personal and professional life. I'm Dr. Amber Robbins. And I'm Dr. Archana Shrestha. We are doctors, best-selling authors, and the co-founders of Women in White Coats. Now, are you ready for a culture shift where women empower women? Join us to get a glimpse of what life is like as a woman doc. And guess what? You'll discover that you're not alone. We're here to give you positivity and keys to balancing your life. This is the Women in White Coats podcast. Sister Doc, want to discover the root cause of burnout for you? The root cause of burnout is not the same for every physician. In fact, we've identified three different root causes of burnout. So it's important that you base your burnout cure on your unique situation. Head on over to womeninwhitecoats.com forward slash quiz to take our brief burnout diagnostic quiz and discover what is at the heart of burnout for you and how to fix it. We know you're busy, Sister Doc, so this quiz takes under two minutes to complete. Head on over to womeninwhitecoats.com forward slash quiz to complete it today. Hello, my fellow Women in White Coats. This is your sister doc, Archana Shrestha here. I am the co-founder and chief wellness officer of Women in White Coats. I'm also a certified physician life coach. And today I'm here with one of our certified physician life coaches who coaches in our physician wellness and empowerment program, Dr. Priya Waggle. And she's here to talk with me about the transformations that women physicians in our burnout program have been experiencing. For those of you who have never heard about our physician wellness and empowerment program, it's a 12-week coaching program where we take women physicians from a place of burning out to what we like to say is burning bright without having to go part-time or quit medicine altogether. It's a program we created to truly serve women doctors because 56% of women doctors, almost more than half of us in 2022, in a 2022 Medscape survey reported that they're feeling burnt out. So over more than half of us are feeling burnt out. Yet they don't want to quit because medicine is their calling and they put a lot of time and effort into becoming a doctor. And also maybe they don't want to go part-time and take home less income either. So today we are going to be discussing all of that. So welcome to the show, Priya. It's so great to have you here. Thank you so much. I didn't know that statistic, 56%. It's crazy, right? Yeah. All right. Well, I'd love for you to, first of all, just go ahead and briefly introduce yourself and perhaps also share a little bit about why you became a life coach. Sure. My name is Priya Wagley. I live in New Jersey and I am a almost full-time otolaryngologist. I work four days a week and I have three kids. I live in New Jersey and I am a certified life coach, which I got into at a time of my life where I was trying to find what the next step was for me, the new me, so to speak, when I was coming out of my marriage and had recovered to the point where I could do that. And I think coaching just really fell into my lap and, and I thought, oh, wow, okay, this is for me. It really helped me transform my thinking and give me the ability to try to live an intentional life not a default life. And I I think I'm doing that. Yes. I love that. I've also found that life coaching has allowed me to be so much more intentional in life and 
stop just like accepting these rules, right? We get from society, from all, all different places, right? And just really question them and say, is this really true for me? So let's like talk about what is life coaching in the first place, because there may be some listeners who are just like, I don't really get this whole life coaching thing. Like, what is it all about? And also, how does it even help women physicians who are experiencing burnout? Sure. One of the most astonishing things about life coaching for me was the idea that my brain is like a toddler with a knife. (laughs) And if I let my brain just run around, it can cause havoc. And that there's an ability that you have to, first of all, observe your thoughts, observe yourself from, from a place of what we call the watcher, and recognize that that's really who you are, and everything else is what you thought was you, but is actually your brain, which is not the entirety of you. So just that basic idea that I get to choose the thoughts that I want to have and to act on and the the description of the the sort of universal way that humans are, which is the circumstance, thought, action, feel, sorry, circumstance, thought, feeling, action, results in such a simple and elegant way that is universal to all humans. You know, once you accept that, and realize that you're in control of that, I think it released so much of the angst that came along with the idea that life was happening at me. I really lived in the default sort of thinking like I am a victim of my circumstances. I am not in control of any of this. I felt at the bottom of a mountain of circumstances, really. And you can change that in a moment by just realizing that those are your thoughts, not necessarily the facts. Just that was so incredibly helpful, enlightening. And no, I'm not saying I'm a master at it yet. Of course, I, this is a lifetime of, of work that everybody, I think, should be doing and I like to do it and I like to see the results in my life. I completely agree with you in terms of that, Priya, like just this whole idea. Like, I think for me, what was really powerful when I first started to receive coaching, you know, as a client, like I was getting life coached myself, right? Before I became a life coach. It's like you usually it starts with like your own journey, right? I mean, I honestly like every area of my life needed to improve, in my opinion, right? Like I wanted to work on so many different areas of my life. And so life coaching is all about like really you can work on any area of your life, you know? It's absolutely like, like for me, first it was a weight loss journey, then it was about my time management, and then it was like burnout. Like, how do I overcome this? Right. And then it's relationships. There's so many different areas of life that you can really apply it to. And I love what you said about like realizing that there's these two parts of your brain, right? Like that in and of itself can be so freeing. Cause sometimes it's almost like, you know, the the devil and the angel sitting on our shoulders, like you see in the cartoons, right? Like you have these two voices in your head and you're like, what the heck is wrong with me? Like, why am I thinking all these negative thoughts? Like, I don't want to be thinking those, or why am I thinking these thoughts that aren't serving me? Maybe they're not, you know, classifying them as negative, maybe isn't helpful, but 
these thoughts that aren't serving me. And so I think for me, one of the most powerful things that I learned um, as I was doing this work is that there's just two parts of my brain. And like, of course, you know, like, and what you were kind of alluding to with the toddler part is like, oftentimes what a lot of us call like the primitive brain, or some people call it like the habit brain or whatever you want to call it, but there's just one part of your brain that's basically just trying to keep you alive. Right. And it's like danger, like it's pointing out all the danger in the world. And it's helpful to a degree, right? But we can't always be living from that part of our brain. And then there's the other part of our brain, which, you know, people call prefrontal part of the brain, your higher brain, you know, your conscious brain, whatever you want to call it. But that's that part that is like, has all your goals in mind, right? Like that part that wants like you to be your highest self. And so what we really want to be doing is living more from that brain and less from our primitive brain or toddler brain. Right. And realizing there's obviously a place for both. And, you know, we need both of those that, that toddler primitive brain is actually keeping us alive, but sometimes it's like alarming too often, especially in our modern day, right. Times. And so I think just like that in and of itself was like so powerful to realize like, okay, yeah, I have these two, two different voices in my head and I'm, I get to choose which one I'm going to give power to. And so sure. I think I was just coached before and the coach pointed out that not only do I have two voices, I have quite a few. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, we do. Like, and some, the other voice is probably like the culture, right? The cultural archetypes, those, those things we've heard, like whether it's from growing up people around us or community, uh, media, right? Like, and then growing up in medicine too, there's all these different voices, you know, that absolutely. So there's um, your parents' voices. There's your attendings and, you know, senior residents' voices. For me, I have an anxious girl inside me, my my anxiety girl. I have the mean girl. I have all these, you know, different voices. And now I have, you know, I have a new character and she's Priya 2.0, you know, (laughs) but she's just a character, just like all of them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So let's also just talk about like how does life coaching help women doctors experiencing burnout? Like what, how have you seen it help women doctors experiencing burnout? And, you know, first of all, I just want to thank you for the opportunity of being um, a coach in your program, because I'm able to meet all these amazing women. These women are absolutely amazing. And it is, they have so much power in their intelligence and their desire to help people. And what coaching does is unlocks that. It unlocks the power that they have, I think, because they've been telling themselves, I can't do this, or I'm not perfect. Or, you know, the world tells me I need to be this, and I'm not that. And they get to then discover what those, what their own voices are inside their heads and what their toddler's doing and if they like that or not. And to decide intentionally, I'm going to feel this way about myself. You know, and I like to talk to them about the concept of self-love, which a lot of us, including myself, you know, before coaching, I didn't know anything about. I didn't know about having a relationship with myself. And how important self-love is that is is in that relationship because it allows you to, you know, decide that you're not going to pay attention to those voices that are sort of destructive and give you the results in your life that you don't want. You know, you want 
the result of that comes from love, start with yourself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that that's such a beautiful description of it. And what's, you know, obviously you've seen the women in our, in this program transform. I have as well as one of their coaches, seeing them transform is, is such a beautiful thing and really stepping into their power. Right. Like, because like we were talking about earlier, like so often feel just at the effect, right. Sort of like the victim of all the different circumstances that are happening, especially in healthcare, right? Like so many decisions are made you know, outside of us, right? Like beyond like what we want to do. And oftentimes we're not even like asked, like, should we make this change or not? But so we just kind of have to roll with it. And we, and that automatically can put you into that feeling of like, I'm just here. This is all just happening to me. I'm at the effect. I'm not the, the cause. I'm not the one creating this. And so how, and, and I think that's part of, it's a big part of where burnout is coming from is just feeling like we're at the effect of so many different things. And when we can step into our power, that's where things really start to shift. And I just want to throw in there that like, we actually have data that coaching works to move the needle on burnout for all physicians, but especially women physicians, you know, 56% of us are feeling burnt out. Like this is an intervention that actually really works for burnout. And 100%. Yeah. And we have randomized control trials published in journals that have shown that coaching does work for burnout and even our own data within our program, where we have surveyed our participants at the beginning of the program. And then again, after 12 weeks and their um, burnout scores drop and they are having a lot of amazing transformations, some of which we are going to talk about, but they are no longer bringing charting home. They're feeling more in control of their time. They have better relationships. They're going to work feeling more fulfilled and more satisfied and more in control, which I think is a big thing that we all want is just to feel in control. So there's data to show that this works. And that's why it's been such a joy to like, see not only hear the transformations, but then also know like from a data standpoint, cause we all love our data, right? That, <laughs> that this is working. So let's talk about what are some of the things that women physicians come into the program experiencing? Oh, yeah. You see it in their eyes. They seem, some of them defeated by the weight of what they perceive as the state of the world, their job, other people, you know, how come, you know, some of the things they say, or how come I can't be better at this? How come I, you know, am overwhelmed in my home life and at work? You know, why is everybody just tearing me apart every day to, they all want a piece of me. Burnout at work, I think is a big component of that. And I think we all know to a certain extent that the, you know, the medical system, the United States is broken. I know that that could be argued against, but I think most of us are feeling that. Um, especially since COVID and just the perception of what the value of doctors are in the United States today, it's different than, you know, maybe perhaps since we entered medical school and sort of dealing with that and the real problems that our patients bring to us and wanting to be everything to everybody, it's sort of impossible, you know, when you start out thinking that way and you don't have a way of changing your thinking. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, so there's all the different pressures from work going on, right? Feeling oftentimes devalued and unappreciated, right? Unsupported, yeah. definitely like unsupported. And, and, and then of course, like, you know, especially with COVID staffing shortages, having to do more with less is a big thing that I've heard too. So that's what's happening at work. And then like, we know as women that there's the second shift, you go home to stuff, right? Like there's a lot of responsibilities once you get home. So what were you kind of hearing from them? Like, what were some of the struggles they were having at home at the, at the beginning? Well, again, I think it's a lot of comparing. So in medical school, we learn to compare ourselves to our attendings and to our senior residents and perhaps to medical students ahead of us. And we all want that perfection. So we don't stop at work. We, we take it into, we take it to home too. We would need to be the perfect mother and the perfect wife and, you know, have the perfect home. And when there's that expectation, I think a lot of women physicians are especially hard on themselves and do have that inner voice of, you know, I can never be good enough because they're searching for a perfection. And in our field of medicine, the stakes are high when you're dealing with people's lives and people's health. If you make a mistake, sometimes that can result in, you know, a really bad outcome for a patient and you never want that. And so you take that thinking everywhere. You take it home, you take it to your relationships, you take it to, you know, whatever else you can, you can think of. You're still the same person walking around with the same mindset. And you use that mindset for everything, your body, you know, how you feel about your gray hair, <laughs> your, your, your relationship with your kids, your marriage. And how perfect um, a turkey that you cook on Thanksgiving dinner, right? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so many things, right? On every, every area we do. And you're exactly right. You just kind of, it's like, you've got the glasses on, right? You've got the like perfectionism glasses on and you got to be perfect at work. You got to be perfect at home and all your relationships and everything you cook and everything you touch. Right. And in every, um, and make your kids perfect too, of course. So, um, <laughs> whatever that means. All right. So now what we're, what are some of the experiences that you kind of started to see or some of the light bulb moments that were kind of happening for the clients as they were going through the program for the women physicians who, you know, they obviously came in feeling very burnt out, feeling like perfectionist thinking, you know, feeling defeated under unappreciated. And then like, what were some of like the light bulb moments that were really happening for them through the process, through the 12 weeks? You made me think about this one a woman who talked to me about in group about her child and about how you were saying, you know, you need to have perfect kids. And the way she put it was, it was a situation that her child was having at school. And, you know, I think pre-coaching, a, a lot of us sort of think like, how can I fix this? How can I make my child feel a certain way? And the light bulb moment came in that she realized that she couldn't. You can't make another person feel anything. It's, it's up to them, even your children, <laughs> which I think is, for me, was a huge revelation uh, personally. And I think for this group, they benefited a lot from this woman talking about how she thought in her head first, I have to fix this. And then she thought, well, no, there's nothing to fix. My daughter has, my child has feelings for a certain reason, and I can show up 
as her mother in a way that supports her and shows that I love her and I can talk to her about how feelings are okay. And I'm there to guide her in this, but not turn her into something that I want her to be. And I thought that that was so powerful. And in talking to her, her child, she was able to help her with her issue, but also feel great about her parenting. Yeah. And that was so powerful. Mm -hmm. I love that example. And I think also like you, you brought up the point of like fix it mode, right? Like as doctors, we are definitely like fixers, right? Like we, we, we're just like the patient comes with like the silver platter. This is my problem. (laughs) And you're like, okay, let me go and fix it. Right. Like that's just like our mentality. Like I'm going to fix this for you. Right. And Mm -hmm. so take that everywhere else too. Like we have to fix all the things, like every problem in anybody's life that's going on, whether family or otherwise. Right. And so that is a lot of pressure and it's trying to control things that we can't control. Like exactly what you're saying. We don't control other people's feelings, not even our kids' feelings, right? Like we can, their their thoughts create their feelings. That's right. And I I was going to bring up another uh, instance of another client who, who brought up the example of Thanksgiving and her family, her relationship with her family and how she was sort of, using the example of Thanksgiving to prove to her family that she's a certain person. And that's also, it brings up the idea of emotional childhood and emotional adulthood. And that once she realized there, she has no power to have her family think a certain way about her, it took the pressure off her and she was able to just enjoy Thanksgiving. And I'm, I think that that was a really powerful thing for her and, and for the group. And this particular person also has shown about how in work, she's recognizing that the whole idea of controlling and wanting other people to feel a certain way, she's sort of given that up because she knows that she can't control how other people feel. She can only control how she feels. And she has used the idea to help her show up at work in a certain way, in the way she wants to, and the way people react to that is all up to them. She can only affect how she behaves and how she thinks and how she feels at work. And I also think that that has taken a lot of pressure that she was putting on herself to show up at work in a certain way. Mm-hmm. That's such a powerful lesson to learn. Like, I mean, cause so often we're like, you know, the whole patient satisfaction survey thing, right? It's like, oh my mm-hmm. God, I'm like, if you can't, you can't see me, it's like, I just gave a big eye roll. <laughs> I, I hate those things, but like, you know, we do start to take that to heart, right? Like, we're just like, oh, what do I need to do to make them give me a five, you know, star rating or whatever it is, you know? And, and so we're just so in our heads about it, right? Like as if we can control what they think, right? And so for me, like I realized many years ago, Um, even before I found coaching, I'm like, I just threw that all out the window because I was like, I can't control what they think. Like, all I can do is show up the way I, as my best self, you know, all I can do is show up as 
the doctor I know I am, that I've been well-trained. I have a lot of integrity. I always do my best, right? That's all I can do. The rest is up to them. What they think about it is up to them. Like, sure, I can ask them if they need a pillow or a blanket and all that fun stuff. <laughs> but like, you know, if their pain has been well-managed, like, sure, I can tweak a couple of things. Like they would actually train us on, on some of this stuff, like how to get the, how to get the good uh, review. But at the end of the day, it's really up to them. You know, it's up to the patient and like, they're going to think what they're going to think, you know? And um, I, I just have to show up the way I, I show up. And I know I try to show up as my best. And what, another part, part of that was like, how do I show up as my best? And part of it was like filling my own cup, first of all, you know, absolutely. And that was like where the self-care part was really integral um, of like, I need to take care of myself first in the day for me to actually show up as, as the doctor I want to show up as, and also as a mom and wife that I want to show up as if I am just like depleting myself all the time and never like filling myself up. Like I like to think of it as like giving from the overflow and not like depleting yourself. Absolutely. And then also the idea of sort of hinging how you feel about yourself based on your achievements and that the idea of being inherently worthy and giving yourself unconditional love, regardless of what you achieve and how well your patients do and how much they like you, that if you just come with that energy already, it's so much easier, especially at work, to recognize, hey, not only am I worthy, but so are my patients. And then, then it becomes so much more, I guess, the flow you know, with your patients I think for me personally, I have to say that that has helped me a lot, mm -hmm. that yeah. it's not about their outcome. It's about how you show up for them. And if you, if you have self love and you feel worthy, you're not going to be sitting there going, Oh, you know, what if I can't do this for this patient? And what if they have a bad outcome? And it, what that does, all that chatter in your head is takes you out of the moment and takes you out of sort of doing, doing the best for that patient. If you let all that chatter go about doubting yourself and not getting the perfect outcome for them, and you just really just do your best with what's in front of you. I think that that feeling when the pressure is off, almost like it's not just about your patient. It's about you too. When you're trying to prove that you're this great doctor, you know? And I mean, at the end of the day, it's like, the patient has autonomy, right? Like you can't actually go and make them take their meds every day, right? right. Like you can't like right. literally put the pill in their mouth, be like, you better swallow that pill. <laughs> they still have to do some of the work, you know? Like, I think that's part of the thing is like, we put so much on ourselves. It's like, if they, you can prescribe the medicines if they don't go fill it and pick it up, if they don't take it every day, it's like, they're not going to get the, the results and the outcome, right? And then we that's put right. that on ourselves as if like, you, you don't control everything about them. Like the, it's a partnership. Right. And so that's the way I tend to think of it. And that, that really helped me a lot. Like I thought that for many years, I'm like, well, I can give my recommendations, but it's ultimately up to you. Like, I'm going to give you my best professional recommendation, but like, you have to do the thing that I'm asking you to do. And you have to decide that you're going to show up and do it, you know? And so that really helped me, but like, and also to your other point, like it's, it's really just a decision. 
to say, like, just decide you're a great doctor, you know, like nobody has to tell you that the reviews, the patient satisfaction, your administrator, nobody has to tell you that, like, you just simply decide you're a great doctor. Cause you know, you're the only person who knows that. And that's actually the only person that matters. Like, if you believe that about yourself, then like, that's really the only person that matters. That's a great point. I really like that point. Hello, my sister doc. Are you feeling overworked, overwhelmed, and exhausted? If so, I want you to know that you are not alone. And I also want you to know that there is a way out of it. Check out our three steps to move from overwhelmed and exhausted to confident and balanced as a woman doctor training. It's a free training for you created specifically for women doctors who are just feeling so incredibly overwhelmed right now. Here's what you'll learn. The four mistakes most women doctors make when trying to prevent burnout, the three steps that actually work to move you out of overwhelm and exhaustion, the one belief that could shift everything for you, and our proven process for helping you feel confident and balanced into burning bright instead of burning out. And as a special gift, you'll receive our wellness and empowerment workbook just for registering for the training. To register, go to womeninwhitecoats.com forward slash three steps training. And that is the number three steps training. Can't wait to see you there. So let's talk about like some of the transformations that you started to see happen in the group. Like, you know, people coming in super burnt out, defeated. And like, what are some of the things that you start to change, to see change? Because every group that I've done, I notice like over the 12 weeks, it's like, they just get lighter and they're, um, I was going to say that. Yeah, go ahead. Tell me. No, I was definitely going to say that. It was like, almost like in the beginning. And part of it is just, I think not being comfortable talking about yourself in an intimate way with strangers. And so they, you know, they get used to that, but then they, I, I also, I think that there's this energy that I see in them, their whole way of sitting. It's almost like they're more relaxed. They have, they're more able to smile. They seem more natural. Um, and that's just in sort of in the group setting I do think these women have been taking their power back. I do think that they are recognizing that there was this way of thinking before that was more like what you were talking about being at the effect of life, uh, their job and the relationships and everything. And now they realize that they are the key player (laughs) in their life and they get to sort of decide like you said, decide. I'm a great mother. I deserve to be at this table. You know, there was a client that was saying how she always felt different. You know, perhaps the only woman, perhaps the only woman of color, and how that made her feel like she stuck out and it made her feel like she had something to prove by, you know, always being right or, you know, felt pressure that when she said something, it had to be perfect. 
and she had to be sort of, she felt like she had to be better than everybody mm-hmm. almost. So it made her not talk a lot. And now her feeling at the table is I deserve to be here. I'm a great doctor. You know, I can, what I have to say is as valuable as what everybody else has to say. And she's more likely to speak up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's an amazing transformation to see someone feel like empowered. Right. Cause so often women doctors are feeling like the outsider or like the imposter and like to feel like, no, I deserve to be here. My voice is important. What I'm experiencing, what I have to say deserves to be heard. And I think like, that's such a great transformation. And that's part of the reason why we even call it like physician wellness and empowerment program, because we do want the clients walking away stepping into their power, feeling like they do belong, like they are valued. And, you know, in addition to that, like we see a lot of other changes happening. What I like to call strategic byproducts, right. Of like no longer bringing charting home, like having more energy at work, being in a good mood at work, being in a good mood when you come home to your kids and family, right. And relationships being improved. So what other transformations uh, have you, have they shared with you? Well, the idea that a thought creates a feeling and just in very general terms, when you're having a negative feeling to sit there and to be able to discover what the thought is that is creating that feeling, I think is very empowering. Mm -hmm. And then to decide, hey, does this thought serve me? Does this feeling serve me? Is it getting me the results in my life that I want? And if it doesn't, to create the new results by creating the new thought and the new feeling. And I'm, I'm trying to think of specific examples of, of stuff that we've um, gone over. I mentioned the, the client with the Thanksgiving with her family. And I mentioned the client with the revelation with her child. And then um, also and I, you were telling me before we hit record about one of the clients who um, at work, she was just feeling so different. Because, you know, as an emergency physician, I totally get this because I think she was getting like, she comes out of a room seeing a patient, right? And it's like bombarded by like yes. questions and things like Absolutely. that. Absolutely. That was a big issue in the beginning of how she was dealing with the non-physician yeah. employees that she was in charge of. She's a director in her clinic and everybody sort of runs to her with questions and interrupts what she actually has to do during the day. And her thought was, well, you should know that already. Why are you asking me and wasting my time? And she sort of like felt attacked or kept from her own tasks that she had to do during the day. And it was really sort of detracting from her own view of herself and her view of her job, and then turned the job and seeing patients into more tasks instead of, you know, what we would all like to think of as being doctors as our calling and, you know, getting fulfillment from it, et cetera, et cetera. It was almost like, like a lot of doctors feel today. It's like a factory, just a factory of sick patients that you have to trudge all day long seeing. And of course I get that, but with coaching, she was able to decide that she was going to show up in a way at work with a feeling of not only empowering herself to feel good, but she was there to help her coworkers instead of feeling like, why are you bugging me? You know, it turned into how can I be, they need me. 
I'm a really good doctor. They actually need my advice. How can I help them? How can I be the coworker I want to be? Because, you know, again, the recognition is you can't control other people. You can't control their thoughts, their feelings, their actions. You can guide them and you can request of them, but you can't control them. So with that energy of how can I be the best doctor? How can I be the best director of the clinic? How can I be the doctor I want to be and the coworker I want to be? She was able to turn around in a, you know, some instances, her interactions with, with the nurses and the other coworkers, mm-hmm. yeah, which I thought and, was great. Yeah. And that can be like such a vital thing, you know, because like if every day you're at work and you're like, they're just attacking me, you know, like you just feel like really like bombarded all the time. Like that definitely adds to that exhaustion and overwhelm. And, and of course, so- like if you're, you know, if you're, if you're doing default thinking, Mm -hmm. I think it's so easy to feel like a victim of that, you know, instead of feeling empowered to just say, I'm in control of my thoughts and my feelings, and I'm not in control of anything else, really. So um, I'd love to close it out, Priya, and just ask, like, what would you say to somebody who is on the fence about joining this program, who, you know, who's feeling burnt out, doesn't want to keep feeling that way, but it's like on the fence and like, I don't know if this is the right program for me. Oh my God, do it. Just do it, please. For the future of yourself and your life and your relationships and your job and your patience, you know, I think I find it so sad that so many people are leaving the workforce. Doctors are leaving the workforce because they're feeling so burnt out and I'm not blaming them. But, you know, myself, I was absolutely in the throes of burnout before coaching. And with coaching, I decided, you know what? I can control how I feel about my job. It has made such a difference in how I approach my patients, how I approach my coworkers and my, my, my family, my relationships, everything. So that I am now, instead of three days a week, I'm four days a week as an otolaryngologist. So I would say for this program specifically, you're going to find a community of sister docs. And I have to say, it does come from the top. It comes from you and Amber that you create this community of acceptance, kindness, love for your sister docs. We, you know, as coaches, we know what you're going through because we're doctors ourselves. (laughs) And I think there's so much to benefit from in this program. Yes. Thank you so much. I really appreciate those words. And there is so much power in being coached by a a physician life coach who understands exactly what you're going through, who's been there, who's been in your shoes, who's, who's kind of gotten to a different place and can help you also think of it in a different way that feels better to you and more empowering. And that serves you. So thank you so much Priya for being here with me today and for sharing, you know, what it's been like to coach in the program. It's been my sincere pleasure and it's been my sincere pleasure to work in the program with you. Really. I I, I really enjoyed it. Awesome. So if anybody's listening, wants to learn more about the program, you can head on over to womeninwhitecoats.com forward slash empowerment. We are actually open right now for enrollment for our next cohort, which actually starts um, January, 2023. So we can't wait to see you inside that program to help you make significant changes in your life to help you transform 
and get out of burnout to burning bright without having to quit medicine. There's definitely a way for that to happen. We're going to guide you to it. All right. Well, my beautiful friends, that's it for me today. Thank you so much for listening in. And I want you to always remember that you are not alone. I'm Archana, your sister doc, and I am here to uplift and empower you all along the journey. Hi there, women docs. We hope you've been loving this podcast and feel uplifted at the end of each and every episode. If so, we would really appreciate it if you could give us a five-star rating and write us a positive review. Those reviews help us get the word out and help uplift and empower more women doctors. But you know what? We'd love to meet up with you in person. So head on over to womeninwhitecoats.com and sign up to become a member of our supportive tribe. When you do, you will be the first to hear about meetups in your area, as well as upcoming live events. You'll also get our latest blog articles and podcasts delivered straight to your inbox. And you'll be the first to find out about the next time we open up our virtual Doctors Lounge, an online membership community created just for women doctors, where each month we run masterclasses with guest experts and masterminds on topics relevant to women doctors. While you're on our website, womeninwhitecoats.com, order your copy of our number one best-selling book, The Chronicles of Women in White Coats. Oh, and be sure to follow us on social media too. On Instagram, you'll find us at Women in White Coats blog. And on Facebook, you can find us at Women in White Coats. Can't wait to meet up soon.